Get ahead of the postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Welcome to Haunt Topic Radio, the podcast for haunters by haunters. Having uh, any type of parallel walls, bad. If you can actually just get one wall to kind of, I don't know, shift a little bit, 10 degrees, you know, for a, a good length, it's going to help keep standing waves from happening. I mean, it, it's, it's another way to keep things from bouncing off 90 degrees, right? So, I mean, just little things like that. But I, I, I really iterate to people because they ask, well, how can I soundproof my haunt? And, you know, I honestly say you can't. You're not going to soundproof it. But you can mitigate it. If anybody comes to me, now I'm thinking about this, that uh, heard this podcast, uh, I, I want to offer uh, 10% on uh, effects and uh, services that we do for sound design. So uh, just Sweet. just mention uh, Haunt Topic, and there we go. Holy crap. October is coming soon. The time of this recording, it's August, and my haunted house, the Dead Factory, opens up September 30th. When are you guys opening up? Yeah, we're opening September 30th this year, since uh, September 30th falls on Friday, and October 1st falls on Saturday. We decided to go ahead and open up early this year. Still not sure if we're opening up in Halloween, which is on a Monday, but we'll see. Anyway... Hope you're getting your build on, getting psyched up for Halloween. In this episode of Haunt Topic Radio, we talk to Ken Webster from SinfulAudio.com. And Ken is the man who did our sound effects for the Death Factory this year. Well, not all the sound effects, because I had some sound effects that I was using, but Ken helped out immensely. And actually, part of this interview, I will uh, embed a clip of some sound effects that Ken did for the factory so stick around through the episode to hear that we're gonna pick at ken's brain and talk about soundproofing and sound design for your haunted attraction if you're needing audio or just some information or some tips on sound design creating sound effects soundproofing your haunt or different equipment to use ken webster is your man and the Haunter's Toolbox segment, I will include some other ideas and ways to create sound effects and to soundproof your haunt. Soundproof the rooms in your haunt. So this whole episode's about sound and using sound in your attraction. And keep the intro a little short this time. We're going to include some the rest of our story from the Night Keep, Redica. we got a few more chapters of that left. And then once that's over, we'll start including some more sounds and music from music from other dark horror and ambient artists throughout the year and don't worry about taking notes everything with this audio episode will be over at hunttopic.com forward slash soundproof dash haunt that's where the blog article will be and all the links and information to this podcast episode will be over there and of course if you're looking for audio help, go contact Ken Webster at SinfulAudio.com. Well, happy haunting. We'll have another episode in September, which is getting close. So go get your haunt on and enjoy this episode with Ken Webster on sound design. Hey, Ken, what's up? Not much. How you guys doing? Excellent, Good. excellent. I was just laughing because my eight-year-old is upstairs. Well, he's eight, okay, so he's he's used to me watching me playing video games. Uh-huh. He's up there playing Resident Evil by himself right now. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, Dad, this isn't too bad. This isn't too scary. So, yeah, I hear him upstairs. So I don't know if he's uh, probably up there, probably got eaten by a zombie or something. So. <laughs> <laughs> A buddy of mine, uh, he and I, when we were younger, when the very first Resident Evil came out, we we were playing it. It was a dark room, and we were, you know, he had the atmosphere going on. And I'll tell you, it scared the living bejesus out of me. (laughs) 
Right. Yeah, I remember the very first ones. Like uh, I think it was on PlayStation One or whenever the first one came out. I think that was about the scariest one. There was something about the soundtrack and the damn zombie that jumped out of the hallway and. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is that what got you hooked into the audio thing? Is being scared shitless when you were playing video games as a kid? No, actually, I was a music major uh, grow- when I was growing up as a kid, or as a kid, as a, you know, out of high school. And then, uh, boy, it wasn't until five years ago, six, that uh, a friend of mine, Christina Cordham, she works on uh, Grimm, uh, that television series. She's right a, on. She's a physical effects artist. And her and her husband uh, ran a haunted house at the time, and she kind of invited me to the West Coast Haunters Convention, and she said, did you know there's a, possibly a market for sound effects on it? I said, no. She goes, do you know how big the Halloween industry is? I said, pretty big? She goes, yeah, probably second to Christmas, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And uh, so I just kind of got my foot in the door and kind of went from there. I, I was raised on Bela Lugosi and all the old uh, horror movies. Mom loved to, you know, show me behind the scenes stuff. So I, I never got too freaked out on horror movies. So <laughs> not too bad. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. How um, how has audio changed from the old classic horror movies to what happens in a modern day horror movie? And, and what do you do in a haunt? Uh, wow, a lot of questions there. So from the old movies up to today so the one difference i can tell you is how the sound effects are made for sure so back let's say through let's say the 50s through mid 70s all of your props especially like if you take disney as an example or any other large studio all the props to make particular sounds were created before the sounds could be made so if you wanted the sound of rain you would take like dried beans and put them in this big wheel and turn it. So it sounded like, you know, these beans would just rotate and fall as they came to the top and it sounded like rain, but they would always make these props to make these sounds. And as technology got better and you can kind of see it in star Wars too, um, you started getting into synthesizers. You started getting into the ability to uh, morph sounds and to layer sounds. And you had still kind of the old school, let's do some Foley, create something new. But as we've gotten, you know, as the technology's gotten better, we've been more able to manipulate sound at a, at a whole different level in terms of just, you know, you can take a waveform and pretty much do anything you want to it today um, to create a sound. So uh, I think it's just an abundance of technology versus then and, and, you know, again, creating physical props to make sounds versus sitting down at your laptop and using software to do it. I mean, that's the big change, I think. So, so that's the kind of difference or like, you know, how people make props nowadays where they, you know, go get some uh, go get some plastic, you know, soda bottles and mm-hmm. and uh, you get a little bit of monster mud and you melt the soda bottles with your heat gun and stretch them out over another form. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you're doing you're doing that digitally with with the sounds that you create right um i i'd say 60 to 70 percent digital i am still of the old school um i like to go out and, oh bless you oh yeah i i, I think i'm just old i don't even, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's just that's like comparing like you know the new scooby-doo and the old scooby-doo yeah you know it's that's why I've been trying to teach Kate is like, listen to the, listen to the soundtrack underneath the cartoon. These people are making, you know, they're taking stuff, buckets and sponges and, and making noise. Oh yeah. I mean, it, it you know, partly, and I have to admit, it's kind of fun. Like, um, for some sounds off of a few of, actually I've reused them a few times, uh, on some libraries. I, I went in and I got, went into Home Depot, one of my favorite places, and you get some metal pipe or you get some corrugated uh, aluminum or anything like that that is sensitive to uh, temperature. And then you go get some dry ice and a couple microphones and you get some really cool stuff. So like one of the haunts we did uh, last, well, actually two years ago, they had a um, uh, like a freezer room. And I thought, oh, how cool is this? So you had the creaking of metal and, and that's that high pitched sound that it makes when it kind of uh, compresses through cold. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's yeah. a lot of fun. So that's why I like doing the old school stuff. <laughs> now, were you always like this? Uh, you know, were you as, as a kid, um, you know, interested in sound and science and stuff like that? Or this just something that progressed? Uh, sound design progressed. Um, I was a geeky kid, I guess. I did the science stuff. I, I tell you, I'm surprised I didn't get into doing more pyrotechnics because I, I love blowing stuff up. <laughs> <laughs> so used to make my own gunpowder-ish. Um, yeah. 
Learned that from an encyclopedia, as a matter of fact, the proper mixture for it. <laughs> so Yeah, an encyclopedia. But what is I, that? No. <laughs> I mean, a real book? Kids today, yeah. No idea what that is. It's speaking to your smartphone. Your smartphone. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't even know. Can you buy encyclopedias anymore? <laughs> I know that. I doubt it. Yeah. I, though if you want a set, I think I still have one. Yeah. Uh, a set down in the basement in the crawl space somewhere <laughs> locked away. <laughs> probably behind thirty boxes of Halloween stuff, but <laughs> nah, I think you I think you might be able to make a donation or get an escape room to buy them from you. So Yeah. There you go. Yep, that's a good idea. That's what we use our old books for and put them on the shelf out there, put cobwebs on them. Yep. Yeah, you got that going on, Brian, with your hunt? You got a, a room with books and cobwebs and stuff? Yeah, we got, well, it's kind of like the books that I have. Most of my books are in the um, in the science lab area. So it's kind of like his research. So I kind of got the old the old books that you find in garage sales, the old leather bound, anything leather bound, anything old, oh. just picked up. And um, But like you were saying, the escape rooms, because they use a lot of real things and they... I guess hook them to contraptions and lasers, you know. Um, what kind of stuff have you done for escape rooms? Have you created any sound, anything for escape yeah, rooms? That that's one part of the business I've really started picking up is uh, I've done, let's see, I've got a couple of uh, escape rooms up in Canada I've been working with. One here in Portland, and I've got a gentleman out in Midwest area. I think he's out of Ohio. Um, I'm providing uh, atmospheres and soundtracks for his clients. So what he does is he builds escape rooms for them, or at least gives them plans, gives them materials, and he throws the um, the environmental sounds in that I provide for any particular theme. So it's part of his package. So I've got like three that I'm working on for him right now. But uh, for escape rooms, they're they're pretty. Um, they're pretty consistent in terms of, you know, they're all going to be one hour in length. Sometimes they'll want lobby music. Uh, sometimes um, you'll have some sound effects to go with them. But the atmospheres themselves, um, it depends on their theme. So I've gone in anywhere from like a, a James Bond theme to a haunted house theme to a uh, obvious like, you know, vault break in type theme. I mean, they, they just run the whole gambit. Uh, there, there's some real creative people out there. So. So when you're yeah. creating a um, sound for a haunt, what kind of a length of soundtrack? You said, you know, escape rooms are an hour because that's normally what it takes. What kind of a time frame would you would you make a um, a track for for a, a haunt? So if it's going to be a one hour and the way I, I work it out is um, we've got a package where if it's uh, it's a one hour track, you can divide it up however you want. You know, maybe you have multiple rooms um, or you can get individual sound effects uh, to add on to that. But if I create one hour worth of looping sound effects so your actors don't go crazy having to hear this all the time thank you again yeah uh you know one hour seems to be the magic number because at that point you've kind of forgotten <laughs> oh yeah okay now i think i hear something i've heard before um it takes about depending on the theme anywhere from about i'd say 10 to 14 days to complete one um and that's mostly because we're composing new and we're also a lot of times asked for things that, you know, if we don't have them in the library, we go out and do some field recording. And what I like to do is anytime I can, if it makes sense, is to go out and record new material. Like for the past four months, I've been on road trips just recording new material for this year for new libraries. And, of course, for uh, any sound design purposes that, uh, you know, a haunt's going to want, you know, something new and fresh. So, um, Yeah. So about, I'd say, I mean, max 14 days, um, you know, unless it's really labor intensive in there, you know, they get drafts first. And if I have to go back and revisit it every so often, uh, that's where the time comes in. So hopefully I get it done within one or two drafts and, and we call it good. Right on. If you, if you want to hear the uh, soundtrack that he did for The Dead Factory, Our Haunted House, then you have to come to Missouri and hear it. Oh, <laughs> man. Aren't you going to use some as a background to this? <laughs> I might, I might, I might throw a little bit in there yeah. right now. Sinfulaudio.com, custom music for the Dead Factory Haunted House, Mexico, Missouri.
was good. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's good. a take. <laughs> take. <laughs> Cut right there. Ken, you were saying that, uh, you know, you do also sound effects or, or do you do stuff for individual rooms? You do basically, you can do a an overall track generally for the haunt, but let's say you're in a specific scene that is a lab, uh, you know, a science, mad scientist or a Dr. Frankenstein's lab, you would do sound effects just for that room as well? Absolutely. Yep. Um, it's, it's usually a mix of one or two. It's either we want some specific sound effects for the room or we want some music or we want both. So it just depends on the client. Uh, I try to focus more on sound effects, uh, but cause music generally takes longer, uh, only because we're, you know, again, we're composing it from scratch. We're like, okay, here's the concept. Here we go. It's like doing it for a film. You're, you're really mm-hmm. writing something new. Um, so yes, uh, like with nightmare factory, uh, here in Salem, um, they have individual rooms. And I think I wrote, well, actually most of it's sound effects. Um, there are five different rooms specifically that we put together, I think 15 to, well, I want to say more like 20 to 30 minute loops is what they wanted um, for each room because people were passing through pretty quick. And they didn't have a lot of actors in some of these rooms. So I, you know, I always caution them like, okay, you're actors. I don't want them going insane. Uh, and they're like, no, 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 30 minutes is fun. <laughs> hey, I've worked five hours in a four minute loop. It's not fun. Oh, you okay? <laughs> oh, hasn't affected me a bit, a bit, a bit, a bit, a bit, a bit. <laughs> it might now, be classic. Four minute loops. <laughs> don't dare, please don't dare. Now, one of the things is when you're, um, when you have that that overarching uh, soundtrack or theme or atmosphere that's going across the whole haunt, but you have something specific in a room, how do you how do you isolate that sound to that room? Do you have any you know what what kind of soundproofing it would be good to isolate that track while still having the rest of the haunt be on on another on another atmosphere? Yeah, yeah. So that's that's really the key question, isn't it? And that's something I get asked a lot. Um, so. I'll start from I'll, I'll, I'll just start from the beginning. So here's here's what we're kind of up against as as haunters and uh, people who provide audio. Uh, and I, I feel like we're all in the same mix here, and and we're also trying to contend with the same problem. So generally, the haunts that I've worked with, um, you've got and and boy, Brian, tell me if I'm wrong, but you you basically are using plywood for the walls. Is that correct? Yes, OSB. So okay, but yeah, but nothing real thick. Uh, I mean, you probably half inch, yeah, half inch on both sides. Okay. So the problem that we run into is sound, especially at higher frequencies, likes to travel through thin layers of any type of material. There is some absorption, but of course, it's going to get through. So there's a couple of techniques we can use. And, and you you could say, you could try to soundproof something, but I've worked with studios in the past as an intern and, and done some engineering. Um, even the best studios in the world spend thousands and thousands of dollars for soundproofing. And a lot of times for home and even some professional haunts, unless you're Disney or Universal, you don't have that kind of money. So there's a couple techniques you can use, uh, and I won't call one of these soundproofing. I'm going to call it more like sound attenuation uh, and absorption. And so the couple things you can do are this. So you have a room, and you're very specific as to the sound effects you want in this room, and you don't want it to bleed out to other rooms as much as possible. Correct. So a lot of times you're either going to have a mono speaker in there or possibly stereo. These are pretty commonplace. So you're not going to have like surround sound or anything. You'll want to get the speakers up high and you'll want to point them to the center of the room. Now, ideally in the room, you've got furniture, you've got carpet, you've got other things that will continue to absorb the sound waves as basically it converts it from sound energy to heat is the way sound is absorbed uh, and or dissipated. So the more things that you have in a room, um, it'll attenuate that sound. Now, that's not a fix-all, but that does what, that's the first step in helping this out. So the other part of this is now you've got to contend with sound waves bouncing out at a 90-degree angle from wherever they hit. And generally, that's going to be to your walls. Your walls are going to absorb a little bit, and then they're going to let the rest pass through. So 
what we've put together and, and just through trial and error is we have uh, some sound panels that we created and I use these in my uh, vocal booth as well and it, 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 it made a world of difference. So we use a product called Roxol. Are either of you familiar with this at all? Very much so. Okay, so you know where I'm going. No. So what we did is we created some panels and the, the batting comes in, a, I think it's a, it's a package of 12 and I think you can pick it up at Home Depot for 48 bucks. And what I went ahead and did is I took that batting and I just created a frame using some one by three by eights and created a frame around that using uh, cedar. I found that pine is a lot more brittle when you're trying to screw into it than cedar. Uh, so I went with cedar and created some panels from that. Um, I think they're about two foot by four foot is what I want to say. And I put uh, 10 of them into this vocal booth completely. I mean, well, I shouldn't say completely, almost completely deadened the area. I mean, you can walk in there and you're like, oh, wow. I mean, this is, you know, I, this is bizarre. So what I'm now recommending to haunts is take that idea. And it's something that we're going to be writing a blog about, um, here very shortly is how to assemble these and what products to use. So Roxol being one of them, the cedar planks to the top, bottom and, and the sides. Um, and then for aesthetics, you can take it and then wrap it in any type of material that you want. You can go to like fabric depot or something like that. So you can make them look really cool or you can make them completely black and nobody's ever going to notice them. Or but, you could just, if you, if you find you can hide them like behind a, a, a curtain or a, just a mm -hmm. fabric scrim so that it just becomes another part of your haunt. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, the other thing I love about Roxol is it's first its ability to absorb high frequencies. It does a great job of that. Um, the other part is that stuff is, I think it's rated up to like 2,500 degrees, you know, so your cedar mm. is going to burn off around that, but your Roxol is not ever going to get touched. So, so what is this stuff made for originally? Uh, in, usually insulation. And soundproofing because um, where I'm familiar with it is my son used to be in a metal band. Um, <laughs> <laughs> neighbors across the street complained this is across the street uh when he was playing in the basement so um i've got the basement sound deadened we've got uh roxel in the walls and we used a dual layer of of uh, drywall with a rubber compound in between it's like uh <laughs> so it's, it's butyl rubber it was like it's like caulking but it's you could slaughter off. people in your basement daryl and get away with it. Don't tell everybody, but it it's great because it makes a really great uh, home theater room as well. Because you're down there, um, you know, it, it's not perfect. You can still still yeah. hear. It doesn't completely reduce the sound, but it it deadens it so much. Um, you know that and and have some some soft things draped around uh, different areas. No no ninety degree corners so that it doesn't um, you know tends not to. The opposite of what you're trying to do when you're trying to make things louder. Exactly. So the other thing, too, I mean, this is way off, but uh, don't like you, you were alluding to right there is don't it, I don't know if you can do this in haunts, but having uh, any type of parallel walls bad. If you can actually just get one wall to kind of, I don't know, shift a little bit, 10 degrees you know, for a, a good length, it's going to help keep standing waves from happening. I mean, it, it's, it's another way to keep things from bouncing off 90 degrees, right? So, I mean, just little things like that. But I, I, I really iterate to people because they ask, well, how can I soundproof my haunt? And, you know, I honestly say you can't. You're not going to soundproof it. But you can mitigate it, you know. Yeah. So, so using that material, are you building like just kind of like frames for it and just – that's what place place like just place them every so often on the wall. Yeah. Now my frames I I made by like two by I'm sorry I wasn't four was it four feet I have to look back on my notes but my my frames were about two feet by four feet. Now you can okay. do whatever you want. That rock saw actually breaks up pretty easy. So if you you know if you got creative and you created a frame with some type of backing first and shoved all that rock saw in there, you could make a whole well or most of a wall from it. Um, but the trick is you know getting that batting to stay where it is. Now what I do is. Again, I wrap that in some type of fabric, and just before I do that, I'm taking like a, a, a spray-on glue around the edges to just kind of have it set, and I let it you know, sit there for a good hour. Uh, so it helps hold it in, but that fabric is really the key uh, at that point. But again, you could go probably any size you wanted to as long as you're holding that in place. And then you just staple the uh, fabric onto the, onto the cedar frame. Yep, absolutely. That's awesome. I'll have to put a link. Uh, when you get that blog um, written up, give me that um, link and I'll put it on this post. Oh, I sure will. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be awesome. And 
because uh, I knew that this question might be asked, um, when it comes to a per panel cost, at least from the size I was using, it's about $12 per panel before you put any type of um, fabric on it. So not too bad in terms of cost. And again, I'm working with 12, uh, uh, 12 bats. So if you're, you know, from a volume standpoint, it, the price is probably going to be a little less as you, you know, if you're going to get 24, it's going to cost you a little bit less than that. So, yeah. Yeah. So would it be good to like point one of the, like one of the speakers toward that way or does it matter? Wouldn't hurt. I guess it's center of the room, but I don't know if I know pointing the speaker into one of those would be making any better. Yeah. Well, I'd, I'd probably point the speaker into the center of the room and then have those panels to the opposite of sides and near the doors so that the sound doesn't get out. Yep. And again, try right. to get get your speakers high pointed down to the center of the room, because, um, again, you're, you're, you're trying to take the sound wave and direct it somewhere other than the side of your walls. Um, so the first thing it's going to do is hit the center. It's going to get absorbed by something. You know, you might plan for that. It's like, OK, what's in the center of my room? Well, let's put some thick carpet in there or something. Uh, let's put a desk or whatever fits your theme. There's your first absorption. Then everything that goes out at a 90 degree angle from that, you can then say, okay, my soundproofing or soundproofing, my my baffles are going to pick up the rest or absorb the rest. So it's kind of a two step right there. Okay, well let's throw another oddball question at you that I believe that some of uh, our you know listeners will uh, will enjoy and hopefully enjoy the answer. I've got a compressor running all my props, all my air powered stuff. How do I baffle the noise from that? I'd create an encasing for that. Would you line it with the same sort of stuff? I would, yeah. There's Now, you can look online. There's some expensive alternatives to this, and that's uh, they use it a lot for computers. Um, back in the day when you had full towers, the whole thing. Um, it's, cr it's kind of the same idea. You have a box, and it's got soundproofing in there of some type, like uh, Oralex or something like that. And you have some small holes in the back to let the cables through, but otherwise your cleat tower is encased and quote-unquote soundproofed at that point. So my thought is, well, you got some compressors. I would just create a, you know, a box, throw it over there, something that, you know, meets the size requirements, and I think you're going to probably see some really good attenuation with that. Right, yeah. So right now we're keeping ours in a kind of a room that's away from everything. Mm -hmm. It's uh, it's almost about about the size of a walk-in closet, I guess. And um, that would be a good idea because then I can just line it with that. See, I kill even more sound. Before. That might be fun. I would love to try putting that together. Yeah. Because we're going to upgrade. Uh, we got to upgrade compressors this year. The other one just was working too hard. So. <laughs> oh, you need one of those uh, 200-gallon ones or whatever they are? Nah, maybe. We're shooting for 100, <laughs> hopefully. So we'll see. We don't have a lot of air-powered stuff, really. We had one prop last year that was air-powered, and we might have three this year. So not, too, not a whole lot. And I know you can use... Um, tanks near the props that fill fill full of air so you don't have the compressor running all the time too yeah we didn't do we didn't do that last year so we're going to try to use smaller tanks closer to the props so but the soundtrack was awesome though i mean we had um uh, ken did a factory soundtrack and uh, that was playing in our queue line so when you walked in oh i probably had like three speakers just dedicated to that one soundtrack because I wanted everything loud up front. So everything you really couldn't hear all the screaming and stuff in the back. And, uh, and give you this job because it was a lot of different machines and things falling and banging and clanging and uh, sound like you're in a factory. So it fit the, the theme quite well. And we, me and Ken just talked once on the phone and emailed a few times about what I wanted. And <laughs> well, Brian's being very, very uh, generous. Thank you, sir. I'm glad that worked out. I did. It was good. So you went to an actual factory to get that, right? I did. It was an aluminum factory. <laughs> yeah. They were, uh, <laughs> it was so funny. They were so excited to have me there. I was like, what? I mean, it was really, it was really interesting. They were like, oh my gosh, let's show you this and show you this. And it was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. At first though, like what, what was their thought when it's like, yeah, I'd like to um I'd like to record your factory. And they're like, are you nuts? <laughs> well, we're doing it for a haunted house. You never get them saying that, but that first like minute of silence, you know that's what they're thinking. You know? <laughs> and I, I tell you, more often than not, if it's a place that just has never been asked that before, 
it, it does take them a second. They, you can, you can just hear them processing what you're trying to do and they'll either ask, I'm sorry, could you explain that again? Or they'll be like, Oh, Oh yeah. I bet we have some great sounds for you, you know, but it takes that, that little bit of minute to, to get going. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know that I co-owned a haunted attraction for three years? Do you know why I failed? I was uneducated about the business side of owning a haunted house. That is why us here at Haunt Topic Radio keep finding you the specialists within the haunt industry and bring them to you. Yeah, I'm talking about our haunt startup online seminars. Now you don't have to attend a trade show or a convention to get the skills you need to open your first haunted attraction or make your current haunt successful. Save money and save time. All you need is an internet connection and a device of your choice. Just grab your laptop, your tablet, or smartphone and start learning today. Experts like Leonard Pickle teaching you the truth behind owning your first haunted attraction and designing your haunted house. Well, you have to have both. You have to have the quality of experience, but you also have to have the marketing. If you don't have the marketing, it's not going to Or how about Alan Hopps on scare acting management and how to keep your employees coming back every weekend? And really becoming a people person is what will help make your haunted house thrive. You know, having your actors love you and support you and want to do anything for you. That's just to name a few. Our library of seminars and haunters grows bigger every year. Not only do we host live online webinars with the pros in the haunt industry, we record them just in case you can't make our live event. To check out our growing list of online courses or to register for our next live online seminar, Head on over to hauntopic.com forward slash start. We will continue to update this page with new recorded classes and any other information related to your educational goals. We will also continue to announce our upcoming live webinars here on the podcast. Get prepared at hauntopic.com forward slash start today. Well, welcome back to another episode of The Haunter's Toolbox. In this short segment, we'll be talking about creating sound effects and soundproofing your rooms. Ken's already covered a great deal on soundproofing and things to use for soundproofing. I was doing a little research on Google. If you Google soundproof for room, you'll come across different materials to use. Ken uses the, the rock sole, which is a rock wool insulation there are other people that use foam, corkboard, rubber. So when you're thinking about designing your rooms, think about using soft materials. Um, of course, Ken's mentioned using furniture and stuff and more things, rugs, carpet, anything to deaden hard surfaces. And if you Google soundproofing materials on Google, you'll come up with a lot of different ideas and ways to create and redirect your sound and kind of keep the sound all located in that room, one room. And as Ken stated, there's not 100% soundproofing, but you can get close and you can deaden a lot of the sound. And reposition your speakers using the correct size of speakers. Don't use too big speakers, too small speakers. You'll have to do some fine tuning, but what works in your room. And those that have outdoor attractions, you'll have to use barriers to kind of keep some of the sound located in one area. As far as creating sound effects go, there are a lot of free audio websites out there. Soundbible.com was one that I came across and had a few cool sound effects. Now, I've used my old CDs. I have CDs that I bought from Spirit and Hollow or Walmart that have sound effects on them. And I still have a DVD player on my computer so and a CD player. So I will take sound effects off old CDs and create my own little thing. Another good uh, resource is go to YouTube.com Audio Library. The YouTube Audio Library is made for videos, but they also have Creative Commons licensed, Creative Commons music and sound effects that you can use also. And they also have these programs that let you rip audio from YouTube videos, which not sure how legal or illegal it is. However, there are a lot of people that do it. You can... Just find a YouTube video you that you like and you want to rip the sound from. You enter your the link of the YouTube video in the software program and it'll automatically download that MP3 off that video. You just have to search YouTube sound software or YouTube to MP3 and you should come up with a list of players that you can download. 
but over on the YouTube audio library, a little hint, if you go to youtube.com audio library and narrow down your search to ambient and dark, you'll come across a bunch of ambient dark noises that you could use. And of course, to put all this together, we recommend using Audacity, which is a free program. And once you get the hang of it, it's pretty simple to use. But if it's still not what you're looking for, then you must contact SimpleAudio.com and talk to Ken because he will get you hooked right up with custom sound for your traction. Well, let's get back to our interview with Ken Webster from Sinful Audio. So tell us a little bit about what Sinful Audio is up to. Oh, boy. We have... Um... It's been a good couple years uh, since we last talked. Um, escape rooms have, have really grown, and it's something that we've been doing a lot more focus on. Uh, we haven't lost focus on haunts by any means, but uh, escape rooms have been busy. Um, great thing about them, they're year-round. Uh, they're not seasonal, and that's I, I feel a lot of uh, – in fact, we talked at West Coast about this. Um, there's a lot of haunts that are looking to incorporate some methodology with the escape room because, again, it is not seasonal, and it's something they – you know, can generate some revenue over time, uh, over the whole year. Um, we are also working with adding, uh, some new vendors, uh, in terms of speaker systems and, uh, sound reinforcement. Uh, we want to kind of help put together a full package of, you know, here's, you know, here's your speaker setup, your amp setup. Uh, if you're interested in infrasound, we've got some options for you in terms of butt kickers and some ways of putting sounds together so you can get more of a tactile feel, uh, in your haunt. Um, so we're exploring a couple different avenues, uh, but staying true to audio because that's, you know, we feel we know most about, I mean, don't ask me to do video, uh, you won't like it. So, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, I mean, we're we're really trying to pick up some steam in the actual physical product uh, arena so that we can, uh, you know, put together full packages instead of just sound effects. Now, you were talking about infrasound. Um, some of our listeners might not know what that is. Uh, explain what it is and why you would want to use it. Well, the short infrasound is anything that, uh, for the most part, the human being can't hear uh, with their ears. They can feel it, most likely, depending on the frequency. So... Infrasound, um, and I'll, I'll have to cite Nightmare Factory again because they've been kind of our guinea pigs for a lot of different projects. Um, they used um, some very low bass signals that we had coming from a bass amp uh, for one of their rooms. And what we wanted to do was something a little different. We It, it was a room that had kind of a bottomless pit look to it. Uh, they had, Through the use of mirrors and other things, it was pretty, pretty darn scary. I, I walked through it and I, I, it really bothered me. But... They wanted something different from an audio perspective. And I said, well, here's something we could try. Um, so with audio, um, the way, a wavelength is very much the same as you know a given dimension of a room, right? So we knew the dimensions of this room, and I wanted a wavelength that would match the length of this room. And it so happens that there are very low frequencies. This one was probably around 32 hertz, very low. Uh, some people might not be able to hear it, especially as people over 40. So... We had a speaker that uh, was able to output this particular particular signal, and what happens is from that source signal to the other end of the room, it bounces from that wall back to the speaker, and it does in such a way that it's basically signal- signaling over itself. Okay, so if you think of a sine wave, you think of an S curve, and it's just going back over itself. It creates these standing waves. It's very odd to the human hearing slash what you can feel. It's it's not natural and what ended up happening is a lot of guests, they would comment on the fact that there was something very odd about that room. They could feel something. Uh, we even had some guests that said it made them a little nauseous or made them feel very uneasy, um, which is the very is very much the, the distinction of infrasound is at very low frequencies, you feel it. Some people become uneasy. I have a whole article on it, too. I, I, uh, I'll be blogging about that as well. I have uh, the owner of Nightmare Factory who's going to uh, give me a quote on a few things and explain what his, his clientele and the actors were, were experiencing. But the reason it's important, we don't want to get people sick, obviously, but we do want them to feel something akin to uneasiness and a feeling of dread. So the key here is now you can feel a room. You can feel something odd, different, without a prop, without hearing anything necessarily. Um, And it's 
the reason Nightmare Factory really wanted to try this was they are home to the Oregon School of the Deaf. So a lot of the folks that, you know, work it and some of the students who come through, they can't hear anything. But when they can feel something, uh, a vibration or something that just reacts to their touch, um, it, it makes the experience even better for them. And even for us, you know, a lot of us who can hear, it, it's, it's just a, a very different experience than you'll find anywhere else. Um, and I feel the importance in that is just one is taking all of your senses and the more you uh, appeal to those senses, um, you're going to remember it more. You know, you've got the sight, you got the sound. Now you've got uh, a smell with like froggy's fog. You know, you can smell certain areas. Um, you know, we don't want to get into taste. I'm not even going to touch that one with a 10 foot pole. Um, but <laughs> some haunts do it. Though. <laughs> some haunts do it. Yeah. I don't know. But if you can feel something too, it's like, wow, you're definitely going to remember it. You're going to tell other people about it. Uh, and it's going to be a really cool experience because now you're covering even more of the senses that normally maybe wouldn't be. So now do you sell these speakers on your site or can you try the typical speakers or um, I'm not selling the low frequency speakers yet. Uh, I'm trying to find a good vendor that uh, one, I'm looking for a good product. And the, a lot of the companies that like, if you, does anybody here play bass guitar? Have they ever played bass guitar? I have. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, I'm looking at, you know, Galleon Kruger, I'm looking at PV I'm trying to get some support there, but a lot of times I just tell Hans, if you want that infrasound and you've got an old amp, you know, that you, you know, you, that can handle bass frequencies, use that. Um, at this point, you know, we're still working with, you know, your smaller speakers that, uh, you know, are Bluetooth can handle SD cards. We're still trying to explore that area. The next set is let's get some bass speakers that I can depend on a vendor to deliver, um, so that we can really ramp up the infrasounds, uh, side of this. We haven't ramped it up yet. Uh, we want to make sure we have supporting documentation, uh, supporting products, uh, to really drive that home. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. I have an old, uh, an old uh, one of those old powered sub 12 inch subwoofers, the big ones that were made in the 90s. They weigh I'm thinking about pounds, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I got one of them, so I might try. I was thinking about experimenting with that this year. If you go that route, let me know uh, the dimensions of your room and how your setup is because we could uh, we could have some fun with that. Cool, <laughs> <laughs> so Ken. What kind of, um, where can everybody find your stuff and maybe contact you if they want some audio design for their haunt? Well, same old place. Uh, everybody can come out to uh, www.sinfulaudio.com. Um, and you can email me directly at ken at sinfulaudio.com. And if you have questions, you want to find out more, uh, please contact me. Uh, that's, that's what we do. And we, you know, we want to try to make your haunt uh, the best it can be. You out there on Facebook, Instagram, anything crazy like that? Uh, yes and yes. So uh, Facebook, Sinful Audio. Um, you can find us on Twitter. Um, don't ask me what that address is. <laughs> Let's see. It's on the website. You can probably it, put in Sinful Audio. Website, uh, pop right up. Yeah. Somewhere on the website. Go like his Facebook page. Go like that Facebook page. The more likes, the better. Hey, we got a, Hey, we got an online store on Facebook, too. So. Oh, wow. oh you're diving into that realm. Oh, huh? yeah. Yeah. Well, Facebook's trying everything, man. I tell you. It's just they just just trying to keep up with it all. <laughs> yeah, they just changed the algorithm again on Facebook. So now it's like if you notice you'll see more of your friends stuff now. Well, that that's an odd concept. Yeah, well <laughs> I guess everybody was they surveyed everybody and they everybody the users were if you don't have users on Facebook, you don't make money on Facebook. So they were trying to make the users happy and um so what that means is now Facebook fan pages are getting less, even more, less views, and you're going to just kind of start paying for yeah. more and, you know, make the money like that. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Prices probably go up. Yeah, I've run a few ads, and it, it at the end of the month, I'm just like, I really ran that much? Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> you're supposed to put a limit on that, Ken. <laughs> you can put limits? Yeah. told <laughs> It's, well, like a, it's like a bad month in Vegas, and you didn't win anything. Like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. Because, yeah, I work in a marketing department, and we have uh, some some dealerships that work for auto dealerships. And sometimes they want to spend, you know, 1000 a month, and other times they want to spend 10000 a month. And then they complain that they spent too much. So they, you know, you're working on five or $6,000 a month. And then it's like, oh, we had a bad month. So we've got to cut our advertising down to 1000 or 500. It's like, well, this makes no sense because we've proven that you're actually 
people are actually buying off our leads, right? So just I don't understand. But hey, whatever. Well, they say if you can find that that magic ratio where you're, you know, you're spending a dollar and getting two back. And you, you can, yeah, you can. I mean, I listen to a lot of podcasts and I try to. I played around with Facebook ads last year, but I didn't get into the. You know, I set up my custom audiences and um, oh, the radius because being local, you know, you do like a 50 mile radius, and then you can target like 16 to 35 year olds or. Um, now I guess because I haven't played with them this year, but I guess they changed it. So now there's more interest groups. So if you want to target. Like if I want to target local haunted attractions and have ads display over there on their on their Facebook page and stuff like that, or target their audiences that like their page, I can do that. Well, I got to get better yeah. at that, Brian. You and I are talking later. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. I can tell you all kinds of tricks. I I need as many tricks as possible because my bag is half empty now. Yeah. Hey, I can oh, see the little banner going up. Will trade marketing advice for infrasound. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, I think, you know, I, I really want to push InfraSound because, one, it's a neat technique and it's been proven now. I mean, I'm really happy with the results. So it's 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 gone from, you know, white papers to actual physical effect. And it's like, okay, let's keep this up. So Right. So is that, so are you getting – you staying pretty steady with all your, you know, work coming in? and It's getting more active. Um, I've got – what I've really liked is I've got some repeat clients coming back, which is fantastic. Um, and then I've got additional work and more work in the escape room well, or escape room uh, realm going on. And then I gave a uh, workshop back at West Coast and gained three new clients from that. And then one person contacted me who heard your podcast, my friend. <laughs> Sweet. Uh-huh. Yep. He wants some surround stuff done for a seance. I, I couldn't be happier. So. Oh, wow. That'd be fun. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Voices whispering in full, you know, full 5.1 uh, right on. Yeah, yeah. All kinds of channels. Yeah. That'd be awesome. I think he's going to push me to 7.1. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, that could be cool. Yeah. So that's a lot of fun. But that I got to thank you guys for that. That was that was from a podcast. I said or from a hot topic. He said, yeah, it inspired me. I said, really? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Let's go. Well, we want to hear from you and from him. So remind him that uh, that once this is working and playing in his haunt, that we want to we want a firsthand report of uh, review of you and how it's how it's working in the haunt and what the hell the customers are thinking. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I, awesome. more plug I was going to see about uh, putting in is um, if anybody comes to me, now I'm thinking about this, that uh, heard this podcast, uh, I, I want to offer uh, 10% on uh, effects and uh, services that we do for sound design. So uh, just, just, just mention uh, Hot Topic and there we go. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here. <laughs> So get it now before it gets too late and it's already October, you know. Yeah, end of August. Get the jump on it's it. It's going to start heating up. <laughs> give, him, give him about two weeks to get it done. Yep. <laughs> Sweet. Well, thank you both. I appreciate it. Thank you very much, sir. Thanks, Ken. Have a great evening and a great season. You too. Thanks. I descended the cramped stairwell. Sparse vistas allowing further gaze upon the piping and wires from the organ machine. The caverns beneath the chapel had been hollowed into a crucible, with more corpses fastened to the subterranean rotunda. Wires and piping affixed to the animated cadavers, feeding foul ickers into the bodies, while alchemical conduits ran from their mouths issuing phosphorescent fluid back into the base of the mechanism's matrix above. It was a large domed antechamber, occupied by five robed figures, surrounding an eldritch altar, adorned with foul scriptures, and a child suspended upon an ebony cruciform monolith. The central figure was conversing with a ghostly visage, only his upper torso was visible. Preparations are final, my lord. All will be complete in moments. We may yet accomplish... See to it. I leave tomorrow to acquire the residence. I shall return thereafter. Ever your servant, my lord Craig. Do not speak my name! There are others who travel these ethereal channels. Finish your rituals and prepare for my return. Yes, my lord. <laughs> <laughs> 
The ghostly image faded, reducing the rotunda to torchlight. The figures clustered around the cruciform monolith and began chanting. A resonating throb began to rise. I felt the very stones beneath my feet begin to tremble. My head began to reel as I saw a small black orb of the darkest magic begin to form before the suspended child. Time slowed, and I knew I needed to act. These were the foul bastards responsible for such blasphemy on these children. I was responsible for their deaths, for sending them to their fates. But I saw one small chance, at least one life that I might save. I tried to still my nerves, calm my thoughts, and focus on a spell of attack. The only offensive spell I dared use. I felt the miasma of magic surround my body, and I rounded the corner at fire. Arcanus Talon. As I fired, I was knocked to the floor, and the giant beast, followed by Federic, crashed through the ceiling. I saw my mystical arrow sealed, but only strike the lead heretic's hand. In the cacophony, the heretics fled disappearing into tunnels. The beast, severely wounded, raised itself shakily, its eyes finding me. With a mighty roar, the beast reared, but with one last burst of dying strength, Federic plunged his holy blade through the monster's head. The behemoth collapsed on the stones as it and Federic released their final breath. I crawled to my feet, surveying the rotunda. The child was whimpering softly, and I rushed to free him. A pointed hat covered his head, with markings stitched along its face, and removing it I saw similar foul sigils carved onto the child's skin. But I recognized him. Flavius. I had given the poor soul to the clergy just two days before. I wanted out of the foul ruins, and while I helped Flavius get to his feet, I searched for a way out. Thank you for listening to Hot Topic Radio. Please leave a comment wherever you found this podcast. Each comment you leave will help spread the word to other haunters around the world. See you next next time. time. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.